right, I guess we're doing this thing. Uh, the perfectly generic podcast contains spoilers, re- occasional adult language, and Vriska. You've been warned. <laughs> All right. Sorry I ruined that by asking if you were recording in the middle of your like, whole <laughs> in thing. In the middle? <laughs> Why did you... I've... Anyway, welcome to the live show. <laughs> it's live, everybody. What's it's going live. on? It's live. You're here in person. <laughs> You're here in person to, uh, to, to watch me talk about Homestuck. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> I have some real questions for you guys. Um, but, you know, Homestuck's coming up on 10 goddamn years. Um, it has wow. been a titanic portion of my life on the internet, and if you're here, it's probably been a titanic portion of yours, too. Um, <laughs> ah, well. Me too, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, we're. No, I'm so glad you joined us. We've got somebody's mom here. <laughs> yeah. You should have brought your dad. I'd love to meet your dad. This is a rowdy crowd. Yeah. I don't know if I'm into We've this. We've got hecklers. All right. Well, so for, for 10 years, uh, I wanted to take some of the panelists who've appeared on the first 30 episodes of this show um, and ask them a very simple question. Um, what about Homestuck has been most meaningful to you over this last decade? Um, and our very first guest is also the one who set up this incredible audio and it's the reason why my voice sounds so much better than the usual episode because he's got this buttery sp- <laughs> uh, for those of you listening at home I made a hand gesture that implied that it sounded okay <laughs> all right well uh, <laughs> you, you threw me off my game again it's J- it's James James um, hello everybody yeah <laughs> let's just keep clapping it's clap time uh, James they're making a joke at my expense, and I'm very upset. Yeah, I know. You should be upset. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't take kindly to people mocking James. Yeah. Just because he's a buffoonish, sort of clownish figure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, no. You're, J- James, what, what about Homestuck has been most meaningful to, to you? So this is an interesting question because uh, when Kate was prepping me for this show, she actually told me it was a different question I did? that I've been mentally going over. Well, then answer the question that you were you, ready to answer. It was, what does Homestuck mean to you? Then and it, I've been like, okay. Same and it's thing. like, what's the most meaningful thing? And I'm like, that's... That's the same question. No. Let me get really... No, it's not. <laughs> Only I can hear myself. And that's fantastic. <laughs> um, so, so, what does Homestuck mean to me? I don't know. I think like a lot of people here, I kind of came in really early... And I've had this, like, weird journey of, like, social life, like, career-wise, just a lot of things have happened in 10 years. You know, I think, um, like, Kate and, like, a, a couple of people, I, like, I started reading during Problem Sleuth. I read it every day. Uh, and so, like, I, I came in on, like, you know, Homestuck Anniversary being on April 10th when it was, like, the weird Flash beta. You know, I was like, ah, this isn't Problem Sleuth. Let's see how long this lasts. You know? <laughs> this will be a year tops. Yeah. And I think that was like the, the idea he had going into. He was like, oh, this, this will probably take like another year to finish this story. <laughs> I was like, all right. Um, but like I've met so many people. Like I, The only reason I have the job that I have now is because of this weird webcomic about like children dying. <laughs> um, so I guess like the most, the most meaningful thing to me is like just the people that I've met during this 10-year run. I'm still friends. Like, like my entire social group is built around the idea that we shared this bizarre, like, 
you know, media consumption together. Yeah. yeah. We all liked the same thing. And it's like, I've like dated people. I've gotten married. I've like done a whole scenario. Divorced. Not because of Homesuck. <laughs> more, more adjacent to that. Um, if anybody but, listening can search divorce filing databases and see if Homestuck's ever been mentioned in a divorce, I would really be fascinated to yeah, know. No, my ex-wife got Homestuck in the divorce, and that's why, you know, <laughs> that's why, like, the end of Homestuck is so weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's actually the one that ghost wrote that one. Yeah. Uh, no, that's not real. Andrew wrote that. He's yeah. just don't. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Uh, sorry if you're listening from Reddit. Uh, fuck you, <laughs> first of all. First, first off, I again eat my shit. Um, <laughs> nah, I'm teasing. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's meant a lot to me. Like most significantly, I would say that the social connections and like the friends that I've made because of it, the friends I made along the way. Um, yeah. Don't congratulate me for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, it's, it's been, like, even now, like, I never thought that I'd still be working on this, like, awful, <laughs> just these terrible people that I hate. Nah. <laughs> just in this room of children. Disgusting. No one's bought me a drink yet. I'm just absolutely, no, I'm, I'm yeah, teasing. You're welcome to buy um, me and James drinks. Only Kate and I. No one else. <laughs> no one else. Don't waste your money on other people. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's it's been, it's been such a... I, it's hard to put into words. You asked me this question like a week ago. Yeah. And I still can't nail down one singular thing that has been like, what's the most meaningful? Because it's just, it's this cascade of events. I see. I said that. That's from the comic. Wow. <laughs> Sick reference. Uh, high five myself. Um, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been so hard to pin down one specific thing. Yeah. You know, one particular event or one. Um, it's just, wow. I, I can't believe that Homesuck really was like the friends that I made along the way. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's, it really is that, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, st- like, I still hang out with the people that I met through Homesuck. I met like, yeah, I, like even, it's too many people to name. Yeah. It's too many people to go like, oh, yeah, this one person, you know, like, uh, shout out to so-and-so. <laughs> you know, like, Andrew now is one of my, like, closest friends, you know, in a couple of, you know, like, I'm going to see him next week and he's coming down for my birthday. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, cool. You know, working with Toby, who's, like, been, like, a brother to me, it's like, it's it's wild. Just all these people, because, like, because I was like, ha, I, lo- I like these little kids running around. I like it when Rose fucking says, mm, the perfect crime. That's the best joke in Homestuck. <laughs> yeah. There's two good jokes in Homestuck. The rest, garbo. <laughs> um, the, like, the, the second best joke in Homestuck uh, is um, when John kicks that imp off and he's like, mm, get that shit out of here. It's <laughs> just the fun. It's, so basically it peaked really early and then it... Yeah, and it then just, the rest of it don't care about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Whatever happens, I had a song in it, garbage song, <laughs> bad. One was bad on accident, and the other song I have it on it was bad on purpose. That was a weird. I sent the the proof of that like uh, horse cat ska or whatever it's whatever we ended up naming it to Andrew, and he's like, cool, 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 cool. Can you make it worse? <laughs> and I'm like, um, yeah. yeah, that that's uh, you might hear Aisha in the background, Aisha Ufara. 
Hey, everybody. There's no way you made the recording. There's no way that the hecklers are going to be audible. I can hear them. Yo. That's all that matters. Aisha's, Aisha's said so great. funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. Every, oh. Aisha's just knocking him dead that, over there. Nobody's even paying attention God. to us because Aisha's just, was just leading so the ins- people. It was insightful. Yeah. It was witty. Ooh, incredible. Yeah. Someone has to be the brains in this operation. <laughs> it's certainly not going to be me. Uh-huh. Um, I've got a big moron energy about me that I'm <laughs> 100% okay with. Yeah. Uh, unless somebody else says it to me, you know, like if somebody like heggles me on Twitter, like, oh, James, you're so dumb. I'm like, fuck you, kid. Who are you? Yeah. Sure, it's, this joke it's, killed it's, with it, it took me months followers. to. It takes it took me months to feel like I could roast you. You still can't. Not allowed. <laughs> oh, all right. I will cry. <laughs> I'm I'm crying right now. You I, can't tell. I got sunnies on. Uh, t- <laughs> I'm inside. I'm wearing a hat and sunglasses. All right. Well. Anyway, so that's... I told you this was going to happen where I'm just going to ramble. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, though. Um, You actually answered the question, which beats your episode. Yeah. I didn't didn't answer any of the questions that were asked of me. Yeah. At all. Not one. It's true. It's true. But yeah, thanks so much for helping us with the audio setup. Thanks for having Uh, me. Let's get Pip on next. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Oh, yeah. uh, Pip was on our uh, episodes about Jake, um, hey. which you know, okay, uh, <laughs> that's a character. Uh, yeah, he sure is. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> if you think the Jake episodes were a bad idea, the people that did it also believe that. So you know, keep that opinion to yourself. Well, well the, thi- the thing about it is that like being subjected to hours of talking Jake, about Jake yeah. is also what talking to Jake is like. <laughs> 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 the unbearable experience of being subjected to Jake. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so, Pip, uh, what's what's the most meaning? Well, like, well, now now I'm like self conscious about the question because you, okay. because you own me. What does Homestuck mean to you? Um, okay, well, the thing is, is that James thought the thing was what does Homestuck mean most to you. I thought that was the question, but I answered a different question, which ended up being the one that you actually wanted me to answer. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the circle of stupidity is complete, yeah. yeah. Um, so, obviously, there's just there's too much of Homestuck to really nail down one specific thing, but I did, want, I did actually want to talk about one specific moment that um, I know um, for a lot of... It meant a lot to a lot of people for, you know, lots of different reasons, and that's the conversation that, um, that Dirk and Dave end up having um, on, on Dirk's planet. Um, and I obviously don't really... <laughs> Don't really want to go into it, but like, for lots of reasons, that was a that was a conversation that meant an enormous amount to me. And I, um, rather than rather than just rambling about it, I wanted to read out something, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, so I have just a, a brief bit of a brief bit of writing to to do. Um, and Kate's gonna help out reading out Dave's lines in Dave cosplay, which is great. Okay. So. So you, 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 write, you read the stuff in italics. Okay. Hey, sorry about this. It's hot on this rooftop. Maybe it's the glowing green gas cloud swirling around you. Maybe it's the constant hum of electricity in the air. Or maybe it's because right now in this moment, you're in Houston, Texas, in the height of summer. Somewhere above you, it's there. You can feel it, the unblinking eye of heat and light that would pin your shadow to the sidewalk and wither your soul up at the corners. It's too hot. You feel him there, too. Or maybe it was just him all along. It feels just the same either way. 
He's watching you, and though his glasses hide everything, they can't hide you from that fact. You can't look at his face. The sun is behind him, burning bright over his broad shoulders, but maybe it's his eyes that are unbearable. It's too hot. His long shadow stretches out between you like a twisted hand grasping at your feet. You squeeze your shitty sword tighter against, uh, uh, tighter as preparing to fight it off, your palms oozing into the grip. Your throat is dry. It's too hot. He could kill you if he wanted. It's a thought that occurred to you often. Sometimes at night when you used to lie in bed, willing the hum of the aircon to sing you to sleep. You imagine the door opening. You imagine the tendrils of his silhouette reaching for you. You imagine the glint of a sword drawn. You imagine soft, sinister footfalls approaching. You imagined his arms outstretched. You imagined his weight on top of yours, the inky blackness of his devilish glasses opening up and threatening to swallow you whole. You imagined him holding you, even then. And it's gone now, that summer sun. Your world, that rock on which you crawled, which you desperately struggled for, is lost forever. And you're safe, but you don't feel safe. And maybe you'll never be safe. And maybe you aren't ever going to be safe from him, from that heat and noise and fear and anger. For what I'm doing right now, for this bullshit right here. There were so many things you wanted to say to him, and you did in a way. But somehow you never factored in the idea that you'd have to talk to his younger self from another universe. And it's crazy that he's here, that he's sitting right next to you now, atop a tower of brick and bones in a sea of solid green. And he's, he's nervous. There's something about the way he's sitting, the way he's holding his hands together, the way he's looking at you. You can't see his eyes now, and you, you can see his eyes now where you couldn't before. And now his glasses aren't a mask, but a shield, as if you could ever hurt him. There's nothing of that monstrous shadow in his eyes anymore. It was never in these eyes to begin with. That's going to take some getting used to. You've probably talked to him now more than in these past five minutes than you ever did back at home. You spent so much time compartmentalizing, so much time planning, so much time deliberately not thinking about it and thinking about how not to, thinking about, to think about it, about him. And now you can't not thinking about, think about it. And it occurs to you that you don't even care. Because even though he's gone, and he can't hurt you again, there's some fucked up way in which that hurts. It's so fucked up that you still feel this desperate longing for a time and place that was killing you, sometimes slowly and sometimes not. And now at night you just have to hold on to Karkat and trust that you're not going to fall apart because he's killing you again. Because there's something of him still lodged in your heart. There's a splinter of him inside you that you can't get rid of. He's gone, you're safe, and it hurts. Thank you, Kev. Paige, come on up. I'm just going to go left to right here. Thank you so much, Pip. Like, uh, holy shit, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I hope the rest of you brought your best fanfic. Um, like, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to... Hi. So, Paige, uh, Paige, you've joined us for a couple of episodes. Uh, you were also on the Jake English episode. Yes, I was. And you also joined me for the episode on a much less enjoyable topic than Jake, which it turns out exists. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm, so, <laughs> I'm, I'm, come on, I'm mean to boys. That's what I do. Um, I, um, no, but uh, I, you know, I really appreciated having you on the show. And so now, Paige, I wanted to ask you, what does Homestuck mean to you? What's the most meaningful part of it? So I was, kind of, I was not prepared for this. I, was, I came to the bar and I was like, yeah, I still don't know what, what the fuck I'm going to say. Or who knows? Like, I'll just come up with something on the spot. But I was kind of thinking about it. And 
So I cross-stitch, and the first thing I actually ever did that wasn't like a, a thing I did at like a birthday party in sixth grade, the first project I actually did myself, I made this pattern, and it said, home is where the stuck is. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, it says home is where on the top, and then in the middle there's the, the S-Bird logo, the house, and then where the stuck is at the bottom. And I made it so that home and stuck are written in like that green with the with the shadow drop that the home stuck logo is, and then the rest of it is in black, so it kind of stands out that those are the two parts you're supposed to focus on. Um, and I think that, in a way, is basically what Homestuck means to me because it, like, it wasn't, it wasn't the first thing I was ever obsessed with, for sure. But it's, like, ever since I first read it, it's, like, the thing that I keep coming back to even when I get into, like, other stuff, other fandoms, you know? I, like, hyperfixate on so many different animes. It's always cycling <laughs> through, and people who follow me can attest to that. Yeah, oh, I'm well aware. <laughs> Um, but it's like, it's something that like when I, when I don't know what else I'm doing, I kind of like, you know, I, okay, I'm done with this now. Homestuck is always sort of there and it owns me and it's like, it's like <laughs> what home is and it's not always great. <laughs> like there's things that frustrate, frustrate me to no end even today and, but it's also, it makes me happy in a way that not a lot of things, not a lot of other things do, you know? And it's just comfortable, which is really weird to say about a, a comic that is so meant to make you uncomfortable in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I realize that's like really contradictory, um, but I think that's like that's just how it is. You know, sometimes the things that are uncomfortable are what are what comes naturally. You know, I guess that's a poor way to put it. Um, but yeah, it's like Homestuck is home, and I'm stuck in it. <laughs> so. In, in, in like the circle of stupidity is complete. Yeah, you know, I'm stuck at home, and home is home stuck. Yeah, absolutely. It is. You know, it's despite the fact that it's. I think the fact that it is occasionally infuriating is what makes it so much easier to be something like obsessed with it. Um, yeah. Because if, if you just like something all the time, then you really have no reason to think about it. If something just really sucks, then that sticks in your craw and it sticks in your mind and you, you, have, a lot of, you have a lot of thoughts about it. And so there's parts of it that are transcendently incredible and there's parts of it that really suck and that makes it a lot, you know, like life. <laughs> <laughs> Life imitates art. Yeah, exactly. Life imitates Homestuck. Life imitates... Right, right. Life is just the greatest Homestuck fan fiction ever written. <laughs> <laughs> Second best after Scrimshaw. <laughs> well, right. Paige, is, is there anything else that you wanted to, to, to mention? Or, or what, what are your hopes for the future of it? Well, my number one hope for the future of Homestuck is that... Jade finally gets the attention and love that she deserves and from the few little snippets of hints I've gotten about the epilogue from you and others it sounds like maybe my wish is finally coming true and I must say I'm very excited for Let's that. be clear, I didn't give a hint all I did was say I care about Jade Okay, now. yeah, fine, but coming from you that means a lot to me <laughs> That's fair. Alright, well thank you so much for coming on, I really appreciate it Thank you. Um, yes, thank you. And Heather you're up next Hello, Heather. So, Heather, uh, you were on the, very, the second episode of our show mm -hmm. about Vast Error. Um, you're the co-creator of that comic, which we'll be talking about in the second part of our show later. Um, but uh, 
so what? So I don't know if you're prepared for this question or not. But what part of Homestuck has been most meaningful to you? Well, I'm I'm never completely pre- prepared for any question uh-huh. ever. But <laughs> I think it is kind of hard to pinpoint on my end as well. It's one of those sorts of things that, especially considering how long it's been a part of my life, it just is a part of my life. And I think that in of itself is fundamentally speaks on its own. Um, it's always been something that's been there that I appreciate, that I enjoy. And being here in the first place definitely shows it still is. It's still very important. And I appreciate everything it's done for me, whether it just be the fact that it was one of the very first things that got me into any sort of fandom scene. Uh, It was my first experience with trying out cosplaying or going to a convention or actually engaging in any sort of artistic fandom sort of medium. Um, And I appreciate it for that. And I appreciate it for the fact that it's just still to this day an amazing piece of work that I don't think I'll ever forget about. No matter where I am, no matter where it is in the future, it helped shape who I am today. And... um, there was a point in time for a while where I kind of did lose interest in it for a little bit. And, of course, I have vast error. That's where most of my focus went in that in-between. But I think uh, with everything that's been going on lately, being here, meeting all these new people, getting more involved with things, more new content coming out, it has reinvigorated my passion for it tremendously to the point where I want to jump right back into it again like I did that very first day I found it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm I'm glad also that like you've sort of come back to it mm-hmm. after cuz I mean, I did that too. Like I I was gone. I just fucked off for a while. <laughs> uh, like I, <laughs> I you know, like I was off doing other stuff. Um mm-hmm. and and like you were throwing yourself into all these creative endeavors too um and it's awesome to see us all sort of come back together in this i guess people say it's the homestuck renaissance our our dear friend our dear friend zeech i think might have coined that term um he's across the pond may he rest in star wars (laughs) i don't understand i don't understand zeech zeech where are you we all miss you yeah, there's. I don't understand. They don't even have one gay character. No. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Right. We have. We have. We have maybe a straight character. I don't know. You have to like root around a while. Maybe Jane. No. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Also, it said furry rights. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty good. Yeah. I, I always, I always like that. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Feather. We'll we'll have you back up on here. Yeah, later. definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, up next, it's Austin and then Dia. <laughs> right. Well, everybody knows Austin. Austin is the deuteragonist of the P- of the perfectly generic podcast. You are you are you are on more episodes than anybody but me. Wow, really? Yeah, you are. I think I was on like three, right? Yeah, that's more than anybody but me. Wow. 
Yeah, I always knew. Can you hear yourself? Yeah, I can hear myself. All right, it's, whatever. He talks. He Austin projects. Yeah, we know this. I've got a big voice. I'm a big man. Yeah, so it's, you're you're the big man. No, you're not. I'm not the big man. I'm probably like the second big. You man. do you? The question is, do you have the rock? No, not on you. This no. is a brick. No, thanks. No, you don't get it. It's, you don't understand my this humor. Is not good audio. No, this sucks. Yeah. This sucks. This is this is terrible radio. Um, so Austin, l- let's cut the bullshit for once. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'll accept your terms. Yeah. If we. Yeah. And and let me ask, like, what's this shit mean to you, man? <sighs> okay. So, I actually. I did not think about this. You told me about this like a month in advance. Yeah. And I did not think about it at all. Typical. Until yesterday. Yeah. And you told me we had a private conversation and you said that you believe people were going to get sentimental on this thing. Yeah. I'm going to get sentimental on this thing. Excellent. Finally. I'm going to show my true colors. Okay. So I'm not good at talking to people. Shocking, I know. I'm not good at talking to people unless I'm talking to myself like I am right now and I'm not paying attention to you on the side. Homestuck has given me a thing to talk about for almost a decade of my life. No matter how much I try and like shove it out of my head, no matter how much I try and argue that I think certain points of it are bullshit and that I don't understand why the choices were made, I always come back to it. And... There's only a few pieces of media in my life that's ever been like that. It's Homestuck and Danganronpa. And Danganronpa is... Danganronpa's not that good. <laughs> oh, God. So... I've spent a lot of time in my life just thinking to myself and kind of frotting around in my own fucking bullshit. And Homestuck has given me a place for where I can creatively vent myself and just say the things that I've always wanted to say but never really had the courage to say it in literally any other way. I make vast error and literally all vast error is is just a bunch of my fucking emotions and Heather's emotions and the people who he works with emotions. Just all kind of cradled into one big fucking ball of I don't know. I'm just gonna call it angst. It's basically angst. It's, yeah, it's angst, but like I feel like that has such con- it has such pointless connotations to it. Yeah, it's like it's angst, but it's meaningful angst. Yeah. And if you make angst that's meaningful, you make good content. <laughs> like, don't be afraid to be sad. Don't be afraid to <laughs> fucking show what you really feel in terms of what you make. And I think Homestuck is a work that, regardless of the issues that I have with it, it does that very well. And I think it speaks to this audience that's right here, and it speaks to me because of that reason. Yeah. It has things to say, and it moves things forward, and I appreciate that. Well, it's funny because it's a work that's so preoccupied with the trappings of irony and with, like, sarcasm and, and like, making you try not to take it seriously. And yet, in the end, it's a deeply sincere work. Yeah. It's a almost frighteningly sincere work. I've taken Homestuck more sincerely in the past, I think, like, couple years than I did ever before then. I started reading Homestuck when I was like 13 and I was a dumb kid. Yeah. I'm still a dumb kid but it's it's formed me in a way that's indescribable and now I'm here I'm with a bunch of people who I know or that I'm going to work with eventually in some capacity or that I've always wanted to meet and like I'm living my dreams now (laughs) I'm where I want to be and I only have Homestuck to thank for that. Nice. Nice.
Also, also that Caliborn guy is pretty great, huh? Oh yeah, that guy is the fucking best. If you don't think Caliborn is the best character, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! All right, Dia, you're up, and then and then Optimistic Duelist, yes. Dia and Slappers are up, and then Optimistic Duelist, and then Aisha. Slappers in the flesh. In the plush, yes. Yeah, it is a lot of people. So I put the headphones on? Yeah, put the headphones I mean, so, you know, so you can tell how you sound. And also you can hear how amazing my voice sounds in this microphone. Like, it's incredible, isn't it? Like, aren't you inspired by hearing me in this mic? You're a little close to my ear, and I really am not a fan of that. <laughs> I'm speaking directly into your ear now. I need you to do something for me. <laughs> I, I need you to go to GameStop and get me a copy of Bambi for the PS2. <laughs> All right. So uh, Dia was on our episode about uh, uh, troll biology, which was extraordinarily cursed. Um, oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Um, did we what? <laughs> yeah. We didn't say nothing about anything. We didn't say nothing about... Well, we had a very clear, we had a very clear no-go zone for that episode. Um, if you like tentacles, fuck you. <laughs> All right, well, uh, so let me ask you the question. Um, <laughs> you pulled me off my game entirely with if you like tentacles, fuck you. Um, <laughs> what does Homestuck mean to you? Well, like Austin, um, you told me about this question about a month ago. And now I feel like I've arrived at school on the day a big project is due, and I haven't done anything. Yeah. But um, I first got into homes. Well, I first heard about it when I was I was in middle school. I was 12 years old, and um, I had just kind of started being on the internet very recently, like in the last year. And so, well, I first heard about it. I tried reading it. I didn't get it because I was 12. Then I tried reading it again when I was 13, because we all know so much happens between the years of 12 and 13. Yeah. And it really, I really liked it, and I got really into it. And so I was, I was in seventh grade. I was, I've been, in, so I'm going to college this fall. I've uh -huh. been into Homestuck since I was in middle school. So Homestuck has kind of been a very big part of my life, even if it was kind of underneath there. It was always there. Mm -hmm. It's been a really big part of my life for like the last. Like six, seven years now. Oh man! <laughs> so yes, I am younger than you. Yes, we know that. Yeah, I know. We, yeah, I'm not going to just. I got the wristband. Yes, you can go. Yes, you got the wristband. You are, you're our token child. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why are you harassing minors? This is what I have to put up with. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I I put up with this shit for you people. <laughs> no, but um, for you know, I I, I think. It's been like you're like a super prolific creator of stuff like in the Homestuck vicinity. Like it seems like it's like inspirational for you. Yeah, it definitely is. It's like I kind of like I kind of wake up in the morning and I'm like, I have to create Homestuck fan art today or I'll die. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's that's right there on Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that the need to create Homestuck fan content is like right there in the it's like above shelter. No, Homestuck fan art is my shelter. Ah, see? Now that's sappy. That's good. Yeah. So, 
I want to. So I got a question because we've actually got the only uh, one of the only overlaps between the Homestuck universe and our universe here, which is Slapris, uh, who is who is canon in Hive Swap Friend Sim, um, and and so. Who is Slapris? You know, the, Slapris is this famous figure. Everyone, everyone sees Slapris on the tabloids, you know, on social media. But who is Slapris? Well, um, well, Slapris, this is Slapris. <laughs> well, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see her. Who but. cares about the listeners? We don't do this for them. We do yeah. this for the people here. We're here for the watchers. Yeah. <laughs> this week, you're watchers, yeah. not listeners. Yeah. But um, so this is kind of a personal story that I haven't really shared publicly a lot. But um, Slapris is kind of like a... I saw, like, first saw a picture of her when I was in my senior year of high school, and it was it was not a good time in my life. I was really beaten down, and I was really depressed, and I did not feel like I was going to graduate high school. It didn't seem like something I could ever do. And so and I just saw this picture of her, and it's kind of like... I just kind of like looking at pictures to make me feel better. Yeah. So it was one of those pictures that I always looked at to make, her, to make myself feel better. And so... And then for my, uh, my, my, when I finally did graduate high school, it was less than a year ago. I know, I'm young. Um, I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, I bet you weren't. <laughs> but, um, so I got this as a graduation gift from high school. And kind of receiving, it, receiving this little stuffed animal as a gift on a day where... A day that I never thought would come in my life. Yeah. Um, it kind of... It was it was weirdly emotional for me. It's a weird thing to be emotionally attached to, I know, but um, we're just, all emotionally attached to fucking Homestuck, so like I that seems that seems more reasonable to me. Yeah, but it just kind of came like this. So she kind of became kind of like this thing that I just kind of to me was a symbol of all the times I didn't give up and yeah. when I believed in myself, even when I didn't mm -hmm. believe in myself, or mm -hmm. just kind of like. A symbol of my achievements, really, in a weird way. So, yeah, so that means Slappers being canon and one of my favorite things ever. It's kind <laughs> of like, my life's downhill from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, both to you and Slappers. Uh, and I, I'll have you know that, like, the the appearance fees for having Slappers on, like, it, it, they're exorbitant, right? I'm broke now. It was our, it was our whole budget. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Optimistic Duelist. Yes. You were, you've got a shirt with, with one of my favorite animals on it, a sulfur-crested cockatoo. I got it thinking of you and Merit, so... I appreciate that a lot. Um, so, Optimistic Duelist, if you don't know who this guy is, then you're missing out. Um, because uh, Taz is, I think, the like foremost writer in the um, making making you think about Homestuck as a work of literature space um, and breaking it down in that way while remaining accessible and entertaining. And I say this, and I'm, I'm talking about because literally I would not be doing this show if it wasn't for him. Uh, after it was after reading his series of essays discussing various character arcs and symbolism in the show in the in the work. Um, that made me the show. <laughs> the, the new Homestuck podcast. The hit uh, Homestuck anime. Yeah, the Homestuck anime. Um, my favorite anime. Um, the only good one. Uh, <laughs> and and so I'm. And obviously, it means a lot to me to have you here. Uh, you know, and and thank you so much for inspiring this thing that has made people crowd into a gamer bar. 
Um, I think I've learned that the best thing um, about doing anything uh, that you find inspiring or as a result of being inspired is coming across people who you inspire and finding that they inspire you even more back. Yeah. Um, I started doing Homestuck kind of as an escape from the real world um, and an escape from myself. And it was only really when I met you that I started really feeling at home in this fandom and like I had uh, found a sense of true belonging here. So I feel like I owe you that gratitude back tenfold, to be honest. Let's just be nice to each other. Let's just like fuck this, fuck the show. Let's just compliment each other yeah, for the rest of it. Yeah. Like this is just the Kate and Tad. Yeah, avert your eyes. We're just gonna be, we're just gonna be really nice to each other. Like yeah. I just, uh, your whole look is just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna uh, let's get down to brass tacks. Let's get down to it. What's the most meaningful thing about Homestuck to you? And I know this is this is a big question for you. Yeah, um, I don't think that I can pick just one thing. Um, I could talk about, um, you know, what it was like growing up Latino in, like, a Latino country and, like, um, how Homestuck was an experience and watershed moment after watershed moment in LGBT representation for me and, like, expanding my view of what was possible, um, which I think is going to tie in what I, uh, into what I'm actually going to say. Um, and I just kind of, like, wrote this thing, like, here in the bar once I finally got the inspiration for what I wanted to say. Um, and it's, like... Um, poorly edited and pretty slapdash but I think that just makes it like Homestuck so I think I'm just going to read it out and go with it um, um, I love you so much Andrew thanks for giving me furry rights um, alright um, so the way I see it at the core of it Homestuck's a story about a bunch of characters dealing with um, the wreckage of a system imposed onto them um, that system has layers. It has um, these elements of spurb that are imposed onto them. It has the alpha timeline. Um, it has the narrative structure um, and the, the, the actual constraints of the Homestuck website itself. These are all forces that are like constraining and limiting the characters from the beginning. Mr. Duelist, yes? does it also, is capitalism also a restraint imposed upon them? Oh yeah, absolutely. Right, the cool. alpha they Just wanted to make sure. Um, um, all of those layers uh, kind of put their own damages on the characters and watching them escape from those forces is a really compelling and cathartic experience for me. Um, especially, I think, uh, that reaches a zenith point with the most controversial characters like Vriska and Dirk, characters who are like, who wrestle really directly with the idea that being born into these vicious circumstances um, as hard as they try in their own ways to find their ways out of them, there's a real risk of um, them just being inherently damned by these circumstances. Um, and at least a couple of them, my favorites, Friska and Dirk, um, are uh, implied to be existentially capable of salvation, at least, um, in a way that, say, Caliborn isn't specifically through um, the power of love and like that 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 those that capacity to have loving connections is what saves them and what damns Caliborn because he's someone who over and over again just rejects love and even the possibility of it entirely um, as someone who's worried growing up that I'm damned myself because I'm a lapsed Catholic so <laughs> that's just how it Big be. Mood. Uh, yeah um, that's just that was just a really moving promise to me um, and as someone who worries about the state of the world and humanity so much um, I guess part of me like genuinely believes that that's the kind of faith that I need um, to be able to believe in our capacity to build a better future um, and after that there's something that I find even more interesting um, 
And it's that there, besides all of the layers that are imposed onto the characters, there's the layers uh, through which the characters hurt themselves and each other. Um, and those generally have more to do with like stories and ideas and memes that the characters absorb from their culture but make parts of themselves. Um, the two examples that I have down here are like John being like um, unaware and kind of skeptical of, Jake's, of Dave's sexuality is ultimately him just like um, having internalized these like the story of like heteronormativity and cis normativity um, from Earth society and just kind of replicating that. Right? No homo. No homo. No homo. That's what yeah. he internalized. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I wasn't just saying that to you. Just yeah, I know where. <laughs> yeah, um, all homo all the time. Yeah, all chat. homo all the time. Um, uh, and Jake tells himself all kinds of stories um, uh, absorbed from human culture depending on like whatever's convenient to him at the moment like at one moment he's a man of action at another moment he's a damsel in distress at another moment he's just a dumbass who can't be count- held accountable for, every- for anything um, at another moment he's a loner who just isn't made for people and he can't help it because that's just who he is um, and here's the problem. Here's where it gets really interesting for me, um, looking into trying to divine the future of Homestuck, um, is that on Earthsea, these characters have grown up into gods, into like royal figures. They're like the creators, right? They're free of Lord English, but they have this divine potential. And even more importantly to me, they have this intense social power that puts them above everyone else on the planet. So it's like John might just be unthinkingly engaging with the world through that filter he inherited. Um, and Jake might be performing various stories as they come to him in these like really selfish, uh, short-sighted ways. Um, but because of the nature of where they are, they're capable of spreading those ideas and those modes of behavior. Um, his ass is on TV again. His ass is on TV yeah. again. Um, to like a culture that's inclined to put Jake's ass literally on a pedestal. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> absolutely. Um, definitely my kind of place to live, I'll say that much. Um, so it's like, here on Earth, in our society, we're also working inside systems that confuse and hurt and threaten to ruin us. Um, systems like capital. Systems like uh, the changing climate. Uh, they, they, these are things that like present challenges to our generation and the ones that are coming after that we're going to need to solve and overcome if humanity is going to continue at all. I think, I believe to the bottom of my heart that it will continue. And it's because of stories like Homestuck that I can believe that now. Um, and after it does, there's going to continue to be more problems. And someday, it's likely that people our age and younger are going to be the ones running the world, wielding that kind of power, um, like the Homestuck kids, like the Homestuck gods are now, because they're not kids anymore. Um, And Earthsea is really important for me in that vein um, as an aspirational thing, because I think, um, because I'm very invested in wanting to help create a better world and put my 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 grain in the sand in real life however I can, which apparently is Homestuck meta. Um, um, Please someone do something more productive. (laughs) Um, um, And I believe that to create a better world, you need to be able to imagine it. Um, To create the change that you want to see, first you have to be able to see it. So it's important to be able to imagine a better tomorrow and have like as as, as vivid an idea possible of what that kind of world might actually look like. Um, but it's also important to me because acts of creation on that scale 
are always going to come with fallout and unforeseen circumstances. Um, and if we're going to be better architects than our forefathers in building a better world, then we need to reckon with and think about the consequences of our own potential. Um, nowadays, we live in like the internet age where anyone can be catapulted into stardom and have all of this like power and responsibility just kind of thrust onto them. And it's like not necessarily anyone in particular's fault. That's just the world we live in. Um, and it's just it's it's an important thing to be able to think about. And having these characters that I empathize really deeply with that I know for sure I'm gonna fuck up massively in some way or another. Um, it just it's, it, it matters a lot to me to to be able to like put myself in that headspace and try and imagine something better where there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, Homestuck helped me see the world systemically and to find within myself a capacity for radical empathy and faith and love that I didn't know I was capable of beforehand. Um, for myself and for everyone I know, sharing the burdens of our time, which is everyone, whether they know it or not. Um, that's always going to be meaningful for me, but I don't think just having those things is enough. So I hope and believe that the things about Homestuck that are going to be the most meaningful for me are still to come. Um, and maybe just being able to believe in something like that, just having something like inside myself to like look forward to the future through, maybe that in itself is the most meaningful thing Homestuck has given me because I don't think I'd be here today if I didn't have the, the, the ability to look forward to something like that. Um, so yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I want to say you get a hundred bonus points for being the first person to save Vriska. Like, yeah, I, absolutely. It, yeah, like it, nobody else mentioned it. Uh, so, congrats, you're it my favorite. It turns out I'm the only real Homestuck <laughs> You are, yeah. Um, uh, all right, so. Yeah, we, thank you so much for coming on. Let's get Aisha pleasure. on. No. We got some nerds in this fandom, all right? Oh, oh boy. Yeah. It's like a whole new experience. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's gone are the days of shitty audio on the oh, yeah. Nerd Podcast. All, all we had to do was go to a crowded bar. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, if you need somebody to do audio design, um, as it turns out, you should hire James because he can make it work even. That's my job. Yeah, because <laughs> it's his job. <laughs> You should hire James because he can do it. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. I do absolutely owe you a beer. I owe you. I owe you many beers. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> hey, don't criticize my radio. All right. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I just ignored you the entire time. I can't time believe that James just took over my my section. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you were talking over all of his. That's you, true. That's true. <laughs> um, you got me there. Yeah. So, uh, you're pretty important. A little bit. Yeah. I'm kind of a big deal. You're kind of a big deal. You do some stuff that, that, that these, that all the people assembled here are waiting on bated breath for. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I guess, let's get right to it then. Like, okay. what's, what's this mean to you? Well, oh my god. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> there's some ice happening right now. Yeah. Um, so, I actually got into Homestuck fairly late, I feel like, compared to most of the people here. I got into it in 2015. I was 26. 
Um, so, and like I, I had heard about it, and I was like, oh yeah, that's the candy corn horn thing. Like you know, those people who run around gray skin, whatever. Um, if you had told me, if you had told four year ago me that one day you would be half of Homestuck, I would have been like, what <laughs> is a Homestuck? <laughs> um, you, I think you would have been like, oh God, no. Yeah. What did I do wrong? I don't know. <laughs> but like, Homestuck is the reason that I have a career. Like it, like I made friends with Andrew and he gave me a job and he continued to give me a chance and believe in me. Like I had never really, I'd, I'd written fan fiction, but I'd, I'd never worked on a game before and I never had like anything big published. And, and now I, I work on a podcast and I am having a novella come out next month and I have all these things lined up and it's because of Homestuck, honestly. Like I have, but I, I mean like getting to like what it means to me as a story, I, I'm sure everybody read um, Andrew's Washington Post um, interview where he mentioned that uh, he like compared Spurb in all of its like unfairness with all of its arbitrary rules as to kind of like life. Like it's kind of like it's, you feel like it's out to get you. There's all these rules that you feel like you don't understand. The odds are stacked against you. And in the end, you probably just have to cheat if you want to win. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I feel like that just like this, this narrative about people constantly losing or failing or screwing things up but then they always come back and they always somehow even if you completely just like bone yourself like they did in game over there's somebody there to retcon it and fix it and make everybody gay um, and and I feel like that that happens like that's happened that's how life is like it's hard and you don't know what you're doing and you feel like that you're doing it wrong and the rules are arbitrary and everything's stacked against you and in the end you just kind of have to cheat and be gay to, and be gay yeah. you have to find it you have to find your own way to do it and even if everything falls apart even if shit just gets wrecked you can fix it like you can build it back up as long as you don't die in real life I mean, in Homestuck, if you die, you're probably fine. But um, so, like, so many times, like, it, it, it's been an incredible experience, but it's also been, like, deeply stressful. Like, I mean, the the New Year's Eve thing, ha the New Year's Day thing happened, which I'm very sorry for. I'm sorry about that. But you didn't do it. I know. <laughs> I represent the brand. Uh -huh. But, um, and then I'm like, oh, God, it's over. Like, shit this is terrible and then it's like wait no it's not like actually maybe we can build something good from it like we have you know you know more accountability now and and shit's gonna be different and every time i feel like something is gonna fall apart it's like we fix it or we we move it around or we change it you know flip it and reverse it whatever and i feel like that home exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> flip it turn ways um and yeah, like there's so many ways to win and there's so many ways to be important and there's so many paths that you can take down to keep yourself in the alpha timeline. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know, I think that that's just deeply inspiring and even though like, you know, Homestuck is bullshit, but it's also deeply meaningful. But beneath that is just like another deep layer of bullshit. But if you go down through that, actually it means a lot. And it's like life. Like, life doesn't mean anything. It's, like, worthless. But that's why it's so important. Because you can make anything you want out of it. 
So the existentialists tell us. Yeah. <laughs> and they were right about everything. <laughs> they were right, right about everything. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> thanks, Kierkegaard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, somehow Kierkegaard hadn't come up on the show until of, yeah. now. Like, really? Yeah, really. I mean, I think Kierkegaard would have done Homestuck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At least he would have written some really good fanfic. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I, you know, I have to do something with my philosophy degree. Yeah, we, we really, we do it for the philosophy majors. We yeah. just like joke about asses in the meantime to keep other people listening. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yet this whole thing has just been this perilous tightrope walk that sort of feels like it's a moment away from, be, I guess, being canceled at any moment. Um, I cannot believe no one has written a call-out post about me. I can't fucking believe it. Hey, you can be the first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think Reddit likes me very much, but... That's actually really annoying, because I've had call-out posts written about me. Shit, I gotta get more problematic. Yeah, I know. It's gonna happen now. Yeah, just try to have more public opinions about Vriska. That tends to help. I love Vriska. Yeah, me too. She did nothing wrong ever in her life. And I'm a hero for thinking so. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know. <laughs> I was just leaving. Oh, am I leaving? Yeah. Okay, wait. All right. <laughs> am I still here or no? If you want to just stick around, uh, you're the last one. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, so that's, a, that's the first part of our show. You can make comments. Yeah, you can. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just going to sit here and monologue to people. Sweet. I mean, I guess that's like the sort of perfect platonic form of this podcast where nobody distracts from my perfect, beautiful wisdom. Well, no, if we're really going to be platonic, we would do a dialectic. <laughs> it's true. So, like, you, you keep talking and then I'll be like, oh, yes, it is as you say, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've always wanted. Philosophy jokes? <laughs> yes. No, somebody's saying I'm right. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, I guess I should probably say what the most meaningful thing about this is to me. Um, Kate, what is the most meaningful part of Homestuck? Thank you, you. for teeing me up. Yeah, I really appreciate sure. that. That's why you're here. Um, <laughs> um, and for me, I think the most impressive thing about Homestuck, genuinely, like we can talk about the content, we can talk about the culture, but I think the fact that it happened is pretty damn remarkable. Um, it happened consistently for 10 years. It is a work of um, remarkable devotion and dedication that was completely unconcerned with any sort of constraint. He fucking did that thing. He did that thing, yeah. And for me, I've always needed that push, that inspiration to just do shit, to just make stuff happen. Um, and to realize that like the bounds of well what is it like the bounds of what is a comic? What is a story? What is the right and wrong thing to tell a story about? Like what what is the morality that comes from doing things? Do people always get what they deserve in stories? Usually, yes, but in Homestuck, they don't. Um, and do, do stories usually stick to the format that they're in and, and stick to the tropes, I guess, to use... Uh, to stick to, the, stick to the, um, the standards of contemporary media? Yeah, they do. Um, do does, does representation in media usually look like a sort of a token thing made to appease people and never enough? Yeah, it usually does. And Homestuck just said, fuck it. Let's just make stuff. And for me, making stuff has been the like core joy of my life and meeting other people who make stuff, including so many of the people in this room, um, has been what I've taken the most from it. Um, 
and beyond just the the industry, just the just the um, inspiration to labor on behalf of the thing, um, the content of the story, of course, also is inspiring to me um, because I grew up in the middle of the woods. <laughs> I grew up nowhere. The first dial-up connection to my house was a lifeline. Um, and through the friends and communities I engaged in on the internet, um, I figured out who I was, I figured out my place in the world, and I broke out of the bounds imposed on me by my extraordinarily like conservative, traditional part of the world that I came from. And Homestuck is a story about isolated people who find the internet as their lifeline and who find the people that they meet on it as their core social connections. And unlike a lot of media, like you look at so much media from 10 years ago and it's still fundamentally skeptical of the idea that you can have a true friendship or, or any sort of truth online. Um, and for Homestuck, it said, not only can you find truth, can you find connection through people all around the world scattered to the winds online, um, not only can people who don't fit in to society save the world, they're the only people who can. And that's our show. Uh, that's the first part of our show on the meaningful, the meaningfulness of Homestuck. Um, okay, everybody, please give Kate a round of applause because she's the reason that we're all here. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take a five-minute break. I'm going to drink a beer. Um, oh, yeah. And then we're going to talk about Vast Error. Uh, you can find the show at perfectlygenericpodcast.com, uh, iTunes, Spotify. Why am I doing this? I'll just dub this in later. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's take a nice five-minute break. Let's chat with each other about how nice Pip's story was. Yes. Um, and, then <laughs> and I will see you in five minutes with Austin and Heather for Vast Error. I love how my voice sounds in this. I know, right? <laughs>